And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like My First Million. My First Million is hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. They feature famous guests. They discuss how companies made their first million and then some. They brainstorm new business ideas based on the hottest trends and opportunities in the marketplace. Here are some of the topics they talk about. If you like any of these, you will love the show. Three profitable business ideas that you should start in 2022. Drunk business ideas that could make you millions. Asking the founder of Grammarly how he built a $13 billion company or SaaS companies that anybody can start. If these topics are up your alley, go check out My First Million. Listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, my guest is John Asaraf. He is a world-famous speaker, philanthropist, and entrepreneur. He has built five different multi-million dollar companies. He's written two New York Times best-selling books. He's worked on eight different movies, including the self-development hit The Secret, as well as The Quest for Success. He is one of the leading experts in the world on brain and neuro research and neuro and brain retraining. He's worked uh, with tens of thousands of individuals. He's helped them achieve greater success in all areas of life through understanding how they think and how they operate. He currently works as the founder and CEO of NeuroGym, a company focused on leveraging the most advanced technologies and science-backed brain and neurotraining methods to help people unleash their full potential and get maximum results. So we spoke about his origin story. We spoke about coming from a very tumultuous, uh, very humble upbringing. He was involved in a lot of crimes uh, while he was a child, and then how he found a mentor. That mentor changed his life. It helped him upgrade his identity, and that was sort of the uh, breaking off point for what he now works on with thousands of clients from uh, early stage startup founders all the way through to Fortune 100 executives. We spoke about everything. Uh, we spoke about some neuroscience, so the evolution of the human brain and how it impacts things like goal setting, uh, goal achievement, focusing on progress uh, instead of perfection. Uh, we spoke about self-awareness, self-talk, how to navigate the thoughts that we think. Uh, we spoke about upskilling, upgrading identity. Um, we spoke about the evolution of the brain, I mentioned that, but the lizard brain, the mammalian brain, and then the most modern brain and how to navigate that in terms of allowing yourself to operate at your highest level. Uh, so a ton of 
science and evolution uh, things that was that were brought up to help you better understand how you operate as an individual. And then we went into some practical applications as to how you can train yourself to think different and operate at the level that you have to operate at if you want to get to where you're going to go and where you want to go. So let's jump right into it. This is John Astaroff, world famous speaker, uh, serial entrepreneur, philanthropist, author. He's done it all. Let's go. I, I got my uh, yeah I got my um, my start in my career and uh, I like to think of it as turning my mess into you know my message and my vocation and from the age of uh, 15 16 17 18 I was getting into a lot of trouble uh, with the law uh, I didn't do well in high school I failed grade uh, seven English failed grade seven math. Uh, left high school in grade 11 because I didn't think I was smart enough and I hated school. And um, because I was getting myself into a lot of trouble with the law, my family you know, was really concerned for my well-being. And they thought that I was either going to end up dead or in the morgue. And the reason for that is one of my friends ended up dead. One ended up in jail and uh, or dead or in jail. And um, yeah, I, got and, you. I got you. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> that all sounds bad. That all sounds bad. Dead in the morgue. <laughs> And, um, and so then my brother, who um, um, had just finished playing the pro tennis circuit in Europe, um, had a, a client in Toronto, Canada, that he taught tennis to. And he was telling my, uh, he was telling this guy, his name was Alan Brown, about his younger brother who was getting into a lot of trouble. And Alan Brown was a real estate developer and uh, had seven real estate offices, about five, 800 agents, something like that. And um, Alan had suggested that um, my brother invite me to come from Montreal, where I lived, to Toronto, where they were. It was about 350 mile, um, you know, um, difference in the city's the location. So I took the train and went to meet my brother and this guy, Alan Brown, for for lunch. And at lunch, this guy, um, very well dressed um, uh, individual, um, very very calm, uh, reassuring, kind. Uh, you could tell that th this guy cared. And he asked me, uh, first he asked me, why was I doing the things that I was doing to get in trouble, which was uh, breaking in entries, uh, drugs, uh, selling them, using them, et cetera. And I said, well, I you know, just hang out with a group of guys that uh, we do that. We want to make some money. And even though he said, well, you should be you know, working to make money. I said, I know, but I'm, I'm earning $1.65 in the shipping department of an electronics company. And um, he said, well, if there was a way for you to do better, uh, would you want to? I said, well, of course I would. And so he gave me this document, Scott, and the, um, he handed me this document. I'll, and I'll date myself now because you weren't even born then. But it was the 1980 Goal Setting Guide. And so he gives me this document. I look at this document and it's like three or three or so pages, four pages with questions on the front and the back. And he said, why don't you spend 15 minutes and fill out this document? And I said, uh, sure. I open up this document. First question, at what age do you want to retire? And I'm like, I'm 19. My father's still working as a cab driver. My mother's still working. There's never enough money. Uh, there's always a lot of fighting about the lack of money. And this guy is asking me on this document, at what age do you want to retire? And I looked at him. I said, what am I supposed to put down here? He says, just pick a number. So I said, uh, okay, um, 45. 
Second question was, uh, how much net worth do you want to have upon retirement? And I'm like, uh, this is obviously for adults. And so I looked at him and I said, what does net worth mean? And he explained to me uh, what net worth was. And, um, and then the third question was, what kind of car do you want? What kind of home do you want? What kind of charitable contributions do you want to make? Who do you want to help? What kind of lifestyle do you want to live? And I asked him, what am I supposed to write down on these things? He said, just come up with something out of your imagination. So I wrote down, retired age 45, $3 million net worth, Italian clothes, four-bedroom house, Mercedes-Benz, retire my parents, travel the world, blah, 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 blah. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And he looked at this document and he said, this is a, actually a really great lifestyle that you have just laid out. And he said to me, um, I'm going to ask you a question. And the answer to this question will determine whether you achieve every one of these things or you don't. And Scott, I can, I can tell you, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, yeah, right. One question is going to determine whether I have all of this stuff and I live this lifestyle, which was the furthest thing from anything anybody in my family be, uh, knew. But the only place I knew where that happened was on TV, on the TV show called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And so he leaned in. And he said to me, are you interested in achieving this lifestyle and having these things, or are you committed to achieving it and having it? And I was like, what? Like, am I interested? Am I committed? And I, and I asked him, I said, Mr. Brown, what's the difference? And he said, if you're interested, you'll do what's easy and convenient. If you're interested, you'll allow your current reality to control everything that you do going forward. If you're interested, you'll come up with stories, reasons, and excuses why you can't or why you shouldn't. He said, but if you are committed, you will upgrade your identity, your mindset, your skill set, and the behaviors to match this lifestyle and destiny. He said, you will let go of your stories. You will let go of your excuses. You'll get, let go of all the reasons that seem like they make sense to you right now. You'll let those go. And you'll focus all of your energy and attention on becoming the type of man capable of achieving these goals. And by the way, he said, every one of those goals are achievable and they're achievable in way less time. So he leans over again. He says, so are you interested or are you committed? And so I was, I was young, cocky, trepidatious. Uh, I don't know. And I don't know why. I just said, well, almost like, F it, I'm committed. And he reached out his hand and put my hand in his, shook it and said, in that case, I will be your mentor. I go, oh, wow, thank you, Mr. Brown. Uh, what's a mentor? <laughs> I, think, I think people are, are underestimating uh, how impactful a conversation like this can be when you're so young, right? Like this is, you're like Listen, drinking from the fire hose. One man, one lunch, one question, one decision, my life changed that day. So long story short, um, I ended up moving from Montreal to Toronto. I ended up going back to school to get my real estate license. I ended up going to work for him, you know, on commission only zero. I was making $1.65 before I went to zero, right? And he taught me how to sell. He taught me how to market. He taught me how to change my self-image. He taught me how to develop beliefs. He taught me how to upgrade my skills. He taught me how to develop habits. And over the next 18 months, from 19 to 20 years young, 
I made $180,000 through his coaching. And he made $180,000 because I was on a 50-50 split. And he gave me a blueprint of, you know, I became really good on the phones, cold calling people I didn't know. But he gave me scripts. He gave me the answers to objections. He gave me a path to follow that was proven versus trial and error. So one of the things that <clears throat> I learned very, very early on is even if you don't have the mindset, even if you don't have the skill set, even if you have the past that you may not be happy about, if you're committed, there is a path to achieving whatever you want. And there are people that know exactly how to get there, even if you don't. Now, one thing that I pull out of that was you were so you were so excited to say you were committed. But obviously, when somebody frames it like that, everybody's going to say I'm committed because the alternative is I'm not getting anything. So right. how do you know if you're committed? How did he know that you were committed? What's what's the difference? What is the true difference in terms of sure. your mindset? So I, I um, um, so I cut the story short. So after I said I'm committed, he said to me, great, um, I need you to move from Montreal to Toronto. And what I said, well, <laughs> I don't have a place to live in Toronto. Um, I have a, a job, uh, you know, in, in Montreal. I don't have a car. I don't know anybody here. He says, I understand that. But when you're committed, you figure it out. I said, I know, Mr. Brown, but I don't have any money to move. He says, you don't need money to make a decision. First, you make the decision, and then you figure out how. And this went back and forth for probably about seven or eight minutes. And I was giving him stories, reasons, excuses, and facts. Here's the thing. I was giving him true facts of why I couldn't. And he kept saying, change the fact. So I said, fine, I'll move to Toronto. He says, great. The next thing I need you to do is enroll in real estate school. I said, real estate school? I failed English. I failed math. I'm not going back to school. I don't do well on tests. I, I'm not that smart to do that kind of stuff, the legal stuff and finance stuff in real estate. He said, stop. There you go again, reinforcing your negative mindset, your negative patterns. I said, Mr. Brown, but it's the truth. I have enough evidence. He goes, well, the past doesn't equal the future. So you make a decision to move here and you make a decision you're going back to school and you're going to pass this test so that you can get your real estate license because that's the process by which I can actually help you. And this went back and forth. I've got $60 in my account. It was great, but you only need another $440 because the course is $500. I'm like, $500? Where am I going to get that? He says, well, until you make a decision, you don't need to answer that question. So this went back and forth and I finally like threw up my hands and said, fine, I'll figure it out. He says, good. My brother said, well, bro, I can lend you a hundred bucks. Maybe mom could lend you some money, dad and your sister. So I gathered up the money from my immediate family. Two weeks later, I moved from Montreal to Toronto. I borrowed the money. I had like $60. I borrowed the rest of the money from my sister, my mother and father and my brother. I moved in with my brother who lived in Toronto. I went to real estate class for five weeks and it was the hardest flipping thing I had done. And on June the 20th, I actually graduated from real estate school in 1980. Now, why do I know that date so well? 
because for five weeks I had racked my brain trying to study, trying to learn, trying to figure out how I'm gonna pass this test because for most of my time in high school, I cheated on every test to get out of high school. And this one I studied, I put in the work and I passed the test on my own. So every single time I came up with a story, a reason, excuse of why I couldn't or why it wasn't possible, he had me recalibrate my focus, recalibrate my intentions, recalibrate my behaviors until I proved to myself that, oh wow, the process is actually reverse of what most people do. Most people look at current circumstances and it controls their thinking. And Mr. Brown, who is a mega millionaire, said, no, you first see the outcome, you make a commitment to the goals, and then you figure out how you're going to do it no matter what. You don't allow your conditions, your circumstances, your past, your beliefs, or present to control your thinking. You elevate above what seems to be factual and you start to create new facts that start to upgrade your identity and your beliefs about what is possible. And I think this is an interesting point because you've gone into, you've built five businesses and I'm sure that, you know, that's not, that's not counting the fact that if you make or you write a best-selling book, I consider that a business in and of itself. Like, and if you do all the other things you've done in your career, you've done a lot of things successfully in a very diverse, in very diversified industries and categories. Now, when I'm sure you now apply that mindset to quite literally everything you do in your life, because you've recognized that it works, but I want to understand how you can take that mindset in, in what, I guess my opinion would be at the time a very low risk situation, but when you start to apply to more high risk situations, I feel like a little bit more fear or, or practicality or you reasoning or logicking with yourself when you have to make decisions that if I, for example, stop this job and start something new, I can't pay rent, my kids, my family, all these different things that are now weighing on you that you didn't have when you're 19. Things that sure. people that are listening to this are probably dealing with in their next career move, in their starting their own side hustle or their business. You've navigated that. I want to understand how to do that at scale or when there's more risk involved. Sure. Yeah. And listen, I've, I've, I've coached, you know, over 10,000 business owners, everything from startup to a billion dollars from startup. So I'm familiar with all of the phases. You know, I've also grown my own companies uh, to the point where my Remax region had 85 offices and 1,200 agents doing four and a half billion a year in sales. But we didn't start off with that. You know, Bamboo, we had, we raised $28 million. We went from zero startup, six of us, to a thousand employees in less than a year, raised wow. a bunch of money, and then took it public on that. So, I've, so I know the gamut. So think of it maybe a little bit differently. If you're inexperienced, let's say at diving, you don't go to a hundred foot cliff and dive off because the risk of getting hurt is really, really big. Right. But if you want to learn how to dive, you jump off the side of the pool first. Then you get on the small diving board. Maybe you jump off and you jump off five times, 10 times, 20 times, 30 times. And you go, OK, you know, I know how to do this. I know how to balance. I know how to where to put my arms. I know, you know, to close my feet. I know how to do that. Then I can go higher and higher and higher and higher. Well, what causes fear, you know, at one level 
does not cause fear at the next level and vice versa as you as you go up. So we get accustomed to taking fear, to taking um, calculated risk based on experience. So when somebody has a job and they're thinking of leaving their job, for example, and starting their own business, what actually triggers the fear circuit in the brain as a behavioral neuroscience researcher, I study the cause of thoughts, the cause of emotions, the cause of behaviors or the lack of taking action. So whenever the fear circuit is activated, the question is, what is causing it to activate? So if we are looking to do something we've never done before, without any training, without any um, skills in doing that, then our brain is going to activate the fear circuit because there is danger that is possible. So what happens is most people don't have a problem that relates to their fear circuit. They have a problem because they don't know how to manage the emotion called fear. So it drives them or prevents them versus fueling them. So the first thing we have to understand is in order to achieve goals, we have to have the vision of the goal, what the, what the outcome that we want is. We want to have some goals to get along the way, but then we want to ask ourselves a question is, you know, what are the strategies that we could implement that pretty much guarantees our success? Now, in the absence of knowing what the strategies are and the tactics are, then we have fear, we have doubt, we have uncertainty, and we are biologically wired to move away from that, not towards it. Why? Well, safety and survival are the number one responsibilities of our brain. Avoidance of pain or discomfort is number two. Conservation of energy is number three. And then number four is gaining pleasure. So if we don't know how to mitigate, how to feel fear, doubt, uncertainty, anxiety, and navigate through that, then we are victims of our emotions. So now we're dealing with an ignorance problem, not an ability problem. Ignorance just means not knowing. So when the average person says, I wanna, you know, I wanna achieve this, I wanna get to that next level of success, I always like to use Rubik's Cubes as an example. So let me let me bring you something. It'll take two seconds. Yeah, let's do it. We'll do it. We're on video here. All right, yeah, so, so I'll give you an example. Let's say, uh, or if I asked everybody, have you ever tried to solve the Rubik's Cube? 95% um, people say, yeah, I've tried to solve it. And uh, when I asked uh, how many people have actually solved it, like one or two or three percent have actually solved the Rubik's Cube. Now, here's a question for you. If you wanted to solve the two-by-two two Rubik's Cube, could you hop onto YouTube right now and in less than five minutes, solve this? A thousand percent, yeah. Oh, what if you said, um, I want to solve the three by three? Could I go onto YouTube and solve that? I would assume, I would say yes yeah. too, yeah. Let's say you have grander, bigger goals and you want to solve the four by four. Is the how to solve this based on the algorithms to solve this and this, is it available? Yeah. I, 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 would assume, I would assume so. I feel like there's going to be one where people don't make videos about it. But yeah, I think that most of the stuff is solvable. Okay. The oh, monster. 
What's that? Well, this is, this is this is a Rubik's cube, but it, this one is like this will take you 24 hours to do, right? So the point I want to make is, is think about this for just a moment. Let's let's get perspective on success. If you want to release 50 pounds of fat and keep it off, do we know how to do that in 2022? Yes. Yeah. If you want to build a business to a million or five or 10 or a hundred million, do we know how to do that? Yes. You may not, but does somebody know how to do it? Yes. If you want to improve your relationship, do we know how to do that? If you want to have a deeper spiritual connectedness, do we know how to do that? If you yeah. want to do anything in health, wealth, relationships, career, or business, all the how-to exists. Unless you're trying to colonize Mars, all of the house how-to exists. So the problem isn't that the how-to doesn't exist. Problem one, you don't know how to. Problem two, you haven't committed to. Because if you were committed to the vision and the goals you have, then you would find the book, the video, the course, the coach, the mentor, the team, the partnership that is capable of achieving that goal. But it doesn't happen unless you are committed. So when people say, you know, I want to leave my job and start a business, or I want to grow my business from 200 or 500 or a million to 10. First question I ask all of my students is, are you interested or are you committed? Because if you're interested, go somewhere else. If you're committed, I'll show you how. And with we, when we start off with using our $100 billion biocomputer the right way, every single brain, Scott, functionally works the same. Every brain works the same. Now, there are some people that either through training or through you know, being in the right environment learned how to use their brain the right way. And there's others that are victims of their conditioning, their past, their way of thinking, their lack of emotion. I think a lot well, of I, I think I, that's the, the that's the majority, right? The majority of, of people go through life. Think I was actually watching a podcast with um, Tony Robbins the other day, and he was speaking about every morning. You know, the thoughts that you think when you wake up, you think they're your own, but they're not really your own. You have to prime, and you have to understand like what is actually a priority for you versus what the world is making you think is your priority. Well, the world and your conditioning, right? And then the repetitive, like there's a huge difference between thoughts, which we have 6,200 of a day on average, and thinking. The average person, if they said what they were thinking, they would be speechless. Because most people don't think. Most people have thoughts and they confuse that for thinking. So... If you ask yourself, like, what, why am I afraid? What am I afraid might happen? What's the worst that can happen? How can I mitigate that from happening? Is there somebody? Is there a process? Is there a system? Is there a coach? Is there a consultant? Is there a friend? Is there somebody that can help me reduce the risk of that happening that I'm afraid of? And of course there is, but... You don't find the solution when you're focusing on the problem or the fear. I love that. I want to, can you, I've heard you speak to this before and I find it fascinating. The evolution of the human brain. So yeah. 
can you can you just give a you don't have to go like into into super depth, but I think it's important to understand people want to understand why they function the way they function, why they think the way they think towards certain things. And that all has to do with the evolution of the human brain, the reptilian brain, all the way through to mammalian brain. So yeah. can you give a, a, a description of that and a, maybe a summary of that explanation of that so people sure. understand? <laughs> yeah. And um, I always like oh, to have, have my props. <laughs> So, so listen, if, um, if, if you were to, for a moment, for those who are watching, if you were to take my hair away, my skin away, and even my skull away, and you were to think about what am I really talking to, right? You're talking to this. You're talking to an organism, a three pound, you know, piece of matter that's made up of mostly fat and amino acids and water. Um, coalesced into, you know, into this thing called a brain that evolved in, in three distinct layers. The extinct, instinctual part of the brain made up of probably, you know, our brain stem that is there for instinct for survival and safety. Then as we evolved as a species starting 200,000 years ago or so, um, you know, with having more proteins and more food that we can cook to have more calories, the next layer of the brain evolved called the mammalian brain or the limbic system, um, which uh, allows us to have, you know, deeper sense uh, of emotions and love and care and sadness. Uh, and then as our brains evolve, we develop the neocortex, the top layer of the brain, um, which is comprised of, you know, what I call is the uh, uh, Einstein brain, which is over there, <laughs> and the Frankenstein's monster brain, which is up there. And the Einstein part of our brain is our CEO, the executive director, the imagination side of our brain that can help us choose what we want and why we want it and, and how do we develop the strategies and the tactics and the tools and the resources and timelines to do that. But there's another part of our brain, right? The Frankenstein's monster part of our brain that evolved to say, you know, what if you fail? What if you're embarrassed? What if you lose money? What if you make a mistake? What if your children suffer, your husband suffers, your wife suffers? What if you suffer? What if you disappoint yourself? What if you're rejected? What if you're not loved? So we have almost this like gas and brake part to our brain that for the most part, most people don't know how to use. And so our brain's number one focus is survival and safety first. Second is avoidance, move away from behaviors and move away from emotions of things that are distasteful, things that disgust us, things that might hurt us. And whether it's real or imagined, our brain doesn't care. It's a signal that gets popped up. Then our brain says, listen, because of one and two, we need to do that Okay, with the 25% of the calories that we're getting a day from food, and we need to make this an energy um, um, conservation system. So we're going to be a miser based on the past. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, my brain and your brain focuses on predicting the future based on the past. And so what happens is if we've had trauma in the past, if we've had failures in the past, if we've been disappointed or embarrassed or ashamed well, in the past because we try something and we fail, then our brain says, move away from that because there's a risk here. And we it are, does that. We've evolved. We've evolved to be pessimistic and we've evolved to right. self-sabotage, basically. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and that is because we have... Um, uh, a new brain in an ancient world. And our brain hasn't caught up yet, okay, to the uh, conservatism of the brain. 
And so our brain does this in billionths of seconds before, okay, we're even aware of most of this happening, and certainly before we do things to gain pleasure. So it's a protective mechanism for survival of the species. So you can understand that. I get that. So then the question becomes, how do I deliberately and consciously evolve myself? How do I deliberately use some of my higher faculties of mind instead of just relying on what I hear, see, smell, taste, and touch? Or how I feel. So for example, in my newest book, Inner Size, which is up there, um, <laughs> Science Unlock Your Brain's Hidden Power, you know, I talk about one of our neuro muscles, right? So if you think about your physical body, you got your physical muscles and organs. What about your neuro muscles? How well developed is your neuro muscle of awareness? Awareness of your thoughts, emotions, feelings, sensations, and behaviors. Are you randomly just going through life? Or are you aware of your negative thoughts? Your disempower, emo, disempowering emotions. Are you aware of the habits that drive your day? I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own cost and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate 
on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. 
text success that's s-u-c-c-e-s-s to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with belay behavior 98 percent of the time are you aware that the results that you're achieving are nothing more than because of your habitual thought emotional and behavioral patterns most people are like not really i said well when would now be a good time to start being more aware right? To be more mindful. And then are you aware that, you know, you have the ability to focus and your brain is going to naturally focus on the negative first because of rule one and two about the brain? And you need to learn how to be aware of the negative, but then flip the switch over to the solution or the positive? Well, most people aren't aware of their neuromuscles, Um, Are you aware that you weren't born with any beliefs, any habits, uh, any fears, and you develop those? Some are constructive, some are destructive, some empower you, some don't, some are positive, some are negative. And you're not your thoughts, you're not your emotions, you're not your beliefs, but you have all those. And those are all a coalesced pattern in your brain that's been reinforced creating your reality. So can you shift your awareness? Can you shift your reality and get it more in line with what you want in this abundant universe that's already here? And the answer is yes, you can. And it's a skill like tennis, like checkers, like chess, like knitting. It's a skill like painting. And if you don't want to invest any time in practicing the skill, then you are going to do what? Reinforce the patterns that are there. You're not going to grow in that area. You're not going to get better. You're not just going to stay the same or deteriorate. That's right. 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 And, you know, Jim Rohn said in life, you're either going to pay the price of discipline or you're going to pay the price of regret. He says discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, as a leader, you're always on the lookout for more ways to arm yourself with knowledge. The books, the seminars, and most importantly, the podcasts that help you make the best possible decision for you, your company, your customers. Because when you know more, you can apply more and you can grow. With HubSpot CRM platform, you can store, track, manage, and report on all the tasks and activities that make up your relationships with customers. With a bird's eye view over all your customer interactions, HubSpot empowers your decision-making like never before. So you can give your business and your customers all the good you've got. Learn how to make your business grow better at HubSpot.com. So, how do you how do you actually practice this? I love it. the The inner size, the the neuro gym, like that. Like there's a, a repetition component, right? There's a, a reps component in this. So, what do you do? So, let me give you a, an example. I, I like to give concrete examples that people can just get. Imagine um, you're sitting in your favorite uh, coffee shop, tea shop, or restaurant, somewhere in your town, okay, wherever you are. And you're just minding your own business, having a really nice, you know, uh, lunch or dinner with a friend, coffee with a friend. And you get a little tap on the shoulder. And imagine um, somebody that you love, either his or her music, or or they're a Hollywood actor, okay, um, on the big screen. And imagine you can choose either one, a musician or, you know, or a Hollywood actor. Let's say you choose a Hollywood actor and they say to you, hey, um, 
my friend and I, Steven Spielberg, were just sitting at the table over there and we were just reading this new script. Um, and there's a part in the script, this is by the way, my exceptional life blueprint, there's a part in the script um, that we think you would be perfect for. And you go, uh, oh, oh, really? Uh, wh what's it about? Well, it's a drama with a little bit of comedy in it. And um, they say to you that, hey, if you learn this, this new script, um, we'll pay you a million bucks and then uh, we'll hire a coach for you and we'll hire the entire team that you need to learn the script. And let's say you said, oh my God, really? And they said, yeah, and they gave you a contract and you signed it and they actually gave you a $500,000 deposit. And you agree that you are gonna learn that script. So imagine this, you've never seen the script. All you know is it's like a drama with some comedy and you've never ever acted before. What would you do to learn the script so that you could, in six months or a year, be on camera filming that part? What would you do, Scott? I would, I would read it and read it How back often? to myself. How often? Five, five, five times an hour as much as I could. <laughs> five times an hour times 10 hours is 50 times a day times how many months? every single month until until shooting. If it was a big enough opportunity for me, if it was a life-changing yeah. opportunity, yeah, every single damn month until we shoot. So a life-changing opportunity, so you'd read it? Would you uh, possibly read it while you filmed yourself? That's 100%. my mom, by the way. I would, right? I'd, I'd record oh, myself. I'd, oh, you'd I'd read record to friends yourself. Family. Yeah. Oh, so you'd yeah. read to friends and family, you'd get feedback. What if they crit yeah. criticized you? That didn't sound really good. No, 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 that, that, that was awful. You asked, you would asked you take it personally? I wouldn't take it personally, but I'd listen to it. I wouldn't, I would, I would, I would listen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it, I wouldn't let it, you know, put me down. But if I respect that person, I'd, I'd be cognizant and aware of what they're saying and try and improve. So you'd read it, you'd practice yeah. it, you'd record it, you'd videotape it, you'd get critique from people who you cared about. You yeah. probably would listen to the advice of a coach who can help you, right? And you would practice until you created some permanent patterns in your brain. And so at first you'd be a clumsy beginner, but as you practiced and got better and better and better and better and better, practice is what makes permanent patterns. So what we practice consciously, we wire subconsciously over time. And it takes between 66 and 365 days to create a new pattern that reinforces itself. Let me continue. So. In essence, what you would practice and maybe even visualize because visualization is a simulation. You could see yourself being filmed. You could see yourself acting the part. You can see people clapping. You could see maybe even getting an award. And you could do all that in your mind and even practice in real life until you and what you were practicing became one. So you would in essence create a new identity with skills that you didn't have today. So let me share something with you. Mr. Brown, when he asked me to fill out those documents many, many years ago, every day when I came into the office, I had to take what I had written down and I had to read it. I had to close my eyes and visualize it. And I would run my fingers across left side, right side. So I would send a signal through the tactile senses to my brain. I didn't know it then. I certainly know it now 
that he was helping me create a new neural pattern, a new identity, new beliefs, a reinforced vision with some goals and some timelines backed by the behavior to actually achieve them every single day. Amazing. I became the person capable of achieving the goals by practicing becoming the person who can achieve those goals. I became the person capable of achieving those goals, not just through the successes, but through the failures and the feedback loops that every brain requires to make adjustments. We all have a need not just to succeed, but it's in the failure that we learn how to adjust. It's in the standing and falling that a baby learns how to walk. It's in trying to eat and getting food and a spoon all over a baby's face that the baby learns how to coordinate, okay, their hand into their mouth. It's in messing up, tying your shoe 500 times until we actually can do it at a subconscious level. It's in messing up putting on pants or a blouse or a shirt or a belt or a tie that we learn the correct way and then we can add the speed to it once we learn the foundation. So the way that our brain works is that we have cells, right? And the cells that fire together and wire together create a pattern. The pattern that's reinforced creates habitual patterns. Habitual patterns require almost zero effort on our part. So everything that I teach my children, my students, my $10,000 an hour clients is we are going to focus on positive, constructive, empowering habits. And that's all we focus on initially so that once we develop the habit, the habit then develops us. And that's, that is because when you, when you are in those previous habits, so the habits that you, you're living in today, those set points, those are incredibly hard to break. That's why you need these feedback loops constantly that's reinforcing. Okay. And they're okay. especially hard to break when you don't know how to break a habit. Everybody's using conscious effort to break habits. Habits are unconscious patterns. That would be like me trying to reprogram my computer, okay, by tapping on the hardware. <laughs> um, when, when somebody wants to take on something new, we, so we understand how they're going to get from point A to Z. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be habitual. It's going to be feedback loop. It's going to be constant. It's going to be repetitive. Um, are, are there... Are there certain things that they should do? Like, I guess it depends on the actual activity or the thing they're trying to learn. But yeah. at a high level, like, what should they what should they be aware of? Like, the things that they should should it be like writing stuff down? Should it be practicing the thing daily? Is there a minimum amount of their life required to devote to that thing before they can actually succeed at it? Because if I just yeah. read that script one time a day, even in six months, it may not be enough. But I have That's to right. balance everything else going on in my life. Well, and, and the way we balance is, is actually by making decisions based on our highest values True. and the highest need that we have at the time. So listen, you're never going to solve this Rubik's Cube ever unless you know how to solve this one. So you first need to ask, what's, what is the foundation that I need to put in place? What's the foundation for the thing that I want to achieve? Listen, uh, think about your uh, a watch with moving pieces inside. 
Uh, think about your car. Uh, think about a rocket ship. Think about a Rubik's Cube. Think about uh, staying in shape. Are there not foundational things that need to be put in place before a second layer and third and fourth? Think about building a house. That, yeah, of course. Yeah, right? You, you, you don't you focus on the fifth story of a house until you have yeah. the foundation. So let's not worry about the fifth story. Ask yourself this question. This question. What are the foundational musts that I need to have? What are the foundational musts that I need to have in order to get good at those first? You can't run, okay, a marathon, okay, unless you train at least, you know, a 10K or a 5K. Like, it would be ludicrous to try and go and win a marathon, right? But if you committed to running a marathon a year from now, and you ask yourself, okay, in order for me to run a marathon a year from now, what do I need to know about running? What do I need to know about equipment, shoes? What do I need to know about hydration? What do I need to know about rest? What do I need to know about, about uh, um, stretching? What do I need to know about food, the different types of fuel that my body burns? Like, there's five things that, that start with that. Don't yeah. start running. Start with that. Now that you have a foundation, go, okay, great. What should I do my first week in running? And when you say, I don't know, great, go to Google. Just like, I'm a beginner runner. What should a beginner runner's process look like? Are you a beginner runner in shape, beginner runner out of shape? Male, female, weight, height, right? Weather, there's certain things that you're going to need to know. And then you say, okay, from those things, I can, can I do that? Great, do that. Don't worry about how you're going to run a five-minute mile. I just want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Swag.com. Now, you know, if you've ever received a corporate gift or swag in the past, how many of those gifts did you actually keep? Probably not many, which is probably because the stuff that you got was not so great. I've gotten... a uh, like a lot of stuff from trade shows and from companies in the past that I've just thrown out the second I get it. So this is why you need to check out swag.com. I've been on the receiving end of getting garbage gifts. I've also worked in companies where I only had access to a really, really small inventory of stuff that I wanted to give my customers and my employees. And I knew that it wasn't going to resonate. I knew that it was going to suck. So what is swag.com? Well, it's like swag upgraded it's the best place to buy custom gifts and swag that people will actually want to keep so they sent me a box because obviously they're sponsoring the show and i wanted to see what it's all about I, you know i've worked in businesses i want to make sure that the quality of their stuff actually was up to my standards because i can tell you right now that when i get garbage it goes right into the trash it like it really goes right into the trash the second i got back from the trade show or the conference or whatever so i received one of the custom swag boxes from swag.com I loved the unique packaging, so it was a beautiful unboxing experience. Uh, I love the actual products they sent me, and there's a whole bunch more that obviously they didn't send me, but the stuff that they did send was absolutely beautiful. It was very high quality, and I can only imagine that if I actually got this when I was working for companies, I probably would have actually used it. And to be honest, I'm going to start using them for people that work on my show and in my company as well because I know that this isn't just... Uh, a novelty gift that somebody's going to throw out. It's stuff that they can actually use. They have so many unique and customizable gifts that I've never seen anywhere else. They have custom yoga mats. They have custom Apple AirPods. They even have branded kayaks, which I did not know was a thing. So they carry all these premium brands like North Face, Yeti, 
Nike, and more. And it's all customizable with your company's logo or artwork. Uh, with swag.com, they take care of all of your swag at their warehouse and they ship it to individual addresses. Or if you prefer, uh, you can just send it to a bulk location in one single shipment. It's easy to manage uh, from their online portal, which you obviously get access to. So if this is something that you think would benefit you, if you have clients or customers or a team and you want to go the extra mile and you actually want to give gifts that people appreciate, which is the whole point of giving these gifts in the first place, go to swag.com uh, for the perfect swag and custom gifts. Right now, they're giving everybody who's a Success Story podcast listener a special offer. It's 10% off your entire order, but only when you go to swag.com success and enter promo code success10. Remember, for 10% off, go to swag.com success and use promo code success10. One of the things that you mentioned before, which I thought was interesting, um, was that fear is a go signal for you. What does that yeah. mean exactly? So when, when you understand that fear is an automatic reaction that is triggered in your subconscious mind, and you ask yourself, well, what is triggering that circuit? Like think of fear as a light switch, on, off, okay? So if you ask yourself, what does fear or why does the fear circuit activate? Well, it activates because there's something real or imagined from my database of experience, okay, that is causing the fear circuit to activate. So most people, when the fear circuit's activated, the release of cortisol, epinephrine, or norepinephrine, or adrenaline is rushing through their body. And what they don't realize is it's because of the fight, flight, or freeze signal that fear is. It's part of the sympathetic nervous system being activated. So whenever mine is activated, right, I can feel the surge of that energy, right? It's energy in my body, a neurochemical release, right? So I can feel that energy and that means, right, that A, I need to be aware of is the danger real or imagined? Understood. I get that's, it. I get it. Right? And that's why and that's what that's what should prompt you to to take action, to start to figure out why you're even feeling that in the first place. Correct. So am I afraid of taking action because there's real danger? There was danger sometime in my past, okay? Or am I imagining the danger because of something I've read or heard about, etc.? So first, it's the awareness piece, right? So whenever I feel fear, the first thing I do is, is what I call inner size number one, which is take six, calm the circuit of fear. I want to make decisions out of my Einstein brain, not my Frankenstein monster brain. Fear is because this part of the brain has been activated. It's called the right prefrontal cortex. So it's not that I don't want to listen to the signal. I want to understand what tripped that wire. So first thing I do is deactivate. Listen, if I'm like walking on, uh, along the street and I'm about to, you know, go off the sidewalk to the street and I hear a car coming and I jump off, 
Perfect, perfect time for the fear signal to work, right? I'm just gonna retreat fast. No worries, that's, that's a great reaction. But if I want to raise money, if I wanna hire employees, if I want to um, merge with another company, if I want to um, release weight, even though I've, I've lost and released weight 25 times, if I wanna go across the room to ask a, a young lady or a young man you know, who they are because I'm, I'm attracted to them. If I feel that surge of fear, that's because something in my memory, okay, in my experience um, um, library is activating that there might be something that can cause me to fail, to be embarrassed, ashamed, ridiculed, judged, to be disappointed, to be rejected. So I want to calm that circuit first. I want to thank the signal, calm the circuit, and then I want to be aware of like what is causing that. So inner size number one is take six, calm the circuit. Inner size number two is called AIA, A-I-A, which is standing for, I want to be aware of my thoughts, emotions, feelings, sensations, and behaviors. Now I'm operating from a state of awareness. I want to analyze those, and then I want to set my intention. What's my intention? Well, my intention is to follow through and do this because I want the reward. My intention is to protect myself. Great, how can I do that? So Aya is awareness, intention, then what's one action I could take that moves me towards what I want and not away from it? Now who's in control? Now who's gaining more self-confidence? Now who's gaining more self-trust? Now who's gaining more awareness? Now who is taking inspired action? And now who is deliberately and consciously evolving themselves being versus being a victim of past conditioning, in many cases, my parents. So you are, you are all, when you feel that, when you feel that, that fear, that's like, you're like, that's like your flag that I need to, I need to follow these steps, take these actions, get the hell out of my comfort zone. So fear is an indicator for that. You're pushing outside your comfort zone, basically. Absolutely. And that's it. Yeah. Well, and also think about this. Why do firefighters get training on going into a burning building or a building that's blowing up? And how do they manage the fear? Death. I mean, death is possible. Real death. That's like the highest level of fear. Navy SEALs. When they discovered that um, there was an issue many years ago, Scott, when Navy SEALs were, were going through the entire motions of becoming a Navy SEAL, many of them failed the last test. What was the last test? They were submerged underwater with all of their equipment on and three instructors would go down there with them, you know, 20 feet below the water. They'd remove their mask, remove their, um, their BC, the regulator. They shut off their air supply. They pulled off their fins. They, they created chaos. And you know what the Navy SEALs that were untrained wanted to do? Bolt right up to, because they were afraid they're going to die. And when they taught the Navy SEALs to stay calm so they could respond versus react out of fear, they graduated 50% more Navy SEALs. What was the difference? The difference was mental awareness, emotional control, and practicing the skill of staying calm. They teach it to Navy SEALs, they teach it to firefighters, they teach it to astronauts when life is on the line. Well, those are the Olympic athletes of emotional control. Well, that means that we could be better at mental focus and emotional control. And what if it's just a function of practicing?
We can at least the reason the I started, <laughs> well, the reason I started my company, my NeuroGym, right, uh, and the reason I wrote Intersize is to give people the the understanding that that we have this hundred billion dollar biocomputer, the most mm-hmm. advanced, sophisticated, okay, uh, organism as I like to call it in the universe. We already own it. No mortgage, no payment plans, but we're maybe not very good operators of it. And so part of my, you know, war cry is to help people understand that you are capable of way more than than you're you're uh, displaying right now. I mean, me too. So I just want to constantly never end, you know, my improvements. I love that. All right. That's a good spot to 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 pause here. I want to do a couple of rapid fire at the end. We went through everything that I wanted to go into. So I'm really happy. And thank you. Um, uh, you know, before I did pivot into to rapid fire questions, um, sort of a, a two part question to close this off. Uh, the first part being when when you're when you're, you know, past and gone and, you know, 100 years from now, what impact do you want to have on the world? What do you want people to say about you and your work? That's that's part one. And then part two, probably the most important is where can people find you all the socials and website? And sure. all that. So, so it's really a two-part question because I really don't care what people say about me uh, when I'm gone. Amazing. Okay, so all the socials, websites, Social, all that work, oh, people. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Instagram every day. I'm on my Facebook fan page. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel. Uh, we've got johnassaraf.com uh, with plenty of free stuff on there. I've got myneurogym.com as well. So my company, his name is uh, myneurogym.com. My personal website's johnassaraf.com. And then all over social media, sharing uh, lots and lots of stuff every day. Perfect. Okay, let's do a Not couple rapid fire. Oh, sorry. Yeah, also my books on Amazon. I was going to say, they usually are, unless there was a, a weird publishing deal or whatnot, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put all that stuff. I'll find it on Amazon. I'll put it in the show notes and all that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, biggest challenge you've overcome in your personal or professional life. What was it? How'd you overcome it? What'd you learn from it? Sure. Biggest challenge was not thinking that I was smart enough to, um, to make it in life. Uh, I was voted most likely to fail in high school. My evidence of how badly I did in school caused low self-esteem. And um, as a result of the low self-esteem, I built this, um, this harder outside shell and got into a lot of fights, got into uh, martial arts, got into breaking and entries. I did a lot of things to have this, this air of being you know, strong on the outside. And what I did was everything that I teach around building your self-image, self-worth, self-esteem, visualization, affirmation, challenging myself, going to seminars, reading uh, probably two, 3,000 books by now, spending a million dollars you know, on coaches, consultants, programs over the last 40 years um, to counter that, to, to finally get to the point where you know, I don't even think I'm smart anymore. I think that all of the stuff that I've done and the successes and failures have made me just a little bit wise now. <laughs> only, only just a little bit wise. Life's, life's long. <laughs> life's lessons. Yeah. Um, if you had to choose one person, obviously there's been many people, but pick one person who's had an incredible impact on you. Who is that person and what do they teach you? I really have a hard time with one person um, only because I've never, 
I've never just spent time learning only with one person. So I have different people for different aspects of my life, you know? And so early on, you know, uh, Mr. Alan Brown was, was one of my, you know, first mentors. Then it was Bob Proctor who just died. Then it was Walter Schneider and Frank Polza. Then it was Len McCurdy. Um, but then I've had so many people in the personal development arena that I've, uh, I've read and followed. So there isn't one person. It's just like there isn't one food that I love above all. You know, um, there's, it's, no, that's it's fair. my that's life. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. I think that that's an important that's an important point, too, that you don't have to have one person for everything yeah. either. You can find the, the person that, that's best at personal development, yeah. starting a business relationships, fitness. And that's health, really what health. I've done. Yeah. You know, when my first New York Times bestselling book is called Having It All. And that's because from the age of 19, when I first started to set goals, my goal was to have it all. Health, wealth, relationships, career, business, finances, charity, spiritual connectedness, being a great husband, a great father. And I focused my life on on how do I raise my, my standards and how do I become the best version of me for me? And, and it's, it hasn't all been a rocket ship ride through the stratosphere, um, but it's in learning how to um, navigate through life's challenges that I'm becoming, you know, the person that I've been dreaming of becoming for many years and, and it just gets better and better and better. Um, a book or podcast uh, or audible, something you'd recommend people go check out? I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm on a lot of them, but I don't listen to them. Um, what about a book, uh, another book that, that you've liked that, uh, that you'd recommend? Um, Price Pritchett, um, not a well-known person. He's an organizational psychologist, has a book that you have to order from his website. It's called You Squared. You Squared. Not a lot of people have read it. I've given away a thousand of them. They're about eight dollars. They're only it's twenty five pages, and I've read that book at least one hundred and fifty times. U squared. It's it's he's he just puts words. It's like poetry of just brilliance. Amazing. Good. I've I've never I've never heard of that book before, so I'll, I'll get Most it. People I love it. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, that's a good, uh, good recommendation. If, uh, next question, if you could tell your 20 year old self one thing, what would it be? Um, go even bigger. <laughs> good. Very good. I agree. <laughs> um, and then last question, uh, what does success mean to you? Uh, success to me is harmony now. You know, success to me is having the uh, the the harmony in my life between um, health and wealth, and relationship and career, and business and fun and experiences, and and being a great husband and a great dad and um, and um, a great CEO to, to to my team and to contribute um, whatever I can to the world um, in balance, so that you know I feel fulfilled on an ongoing basis and that my life has purpose and meaning. And I've been very, very blessed that I, I've, I've only done what I've wanted to do for the last 41 years. Um, it's not that there hasn't been challenges, but I've never, like I've never had a job. I've always done what I want to do. 
And so I feel very, very blessed and fortunate. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a quality qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
card, it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 